Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot US. We are supported financially by HaribouBooks.com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there, donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. We're here today at the Express Church podcast talking to my two older brothers, Dr. Dennis Zachary and and the uh, retired educator, Thomas Zachary. Thank you guys for coming in. And doctor, uh, the message for today is uh, the one thing that counts. And in Galatians 5, Galatians 5, chapter 5, verse 6, it said that the only thing that counts is faith expressed in love. And when you heard that, what came out and what hit you? Faith expressed through love. Well, I think the main thing that came out with that is uh, similar to faith without works is dead. Um, uh, and then when you when you put it in, the only thing that matters means that no matter what else you're doing, no matter what else you're doing, it doesn't make any difference if you do not have faith expressed through love. And so even if you, what happens, some people are always trying to do stuff, do stuff, do stuff. But they're not, and some of the stuff they're doing is good, but they're not doing it, they're not doing it uh, with faith and love. Uh, sometimes they're doing it so that they're noticed. Sometimes they're doing it uh, for secondary gain, so that other reasons, you know. And so, uh, and so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't make any difference in God's eyes. In the human eye, it looks like the person's doing great stuff. But in God's eyes, God's eyes, it's not faith uh, expressed, expressing itself in love. That, that's so some, it doesn't really matter what you do. That's some good stuff. And I was I always talk and people say, what is what do you, your brothers and sisters do? And I said, they all had had noble professions. You know, I had my my brother above me. He's a doctor. I have my sister. She was a school educator administrator and my oldest brother he worked with disadvantaged and children who would otherwise not graduate from high school if it wasn't for him and I said they took all the goodwill from my family and they left nothing for me but to be a lawyer so Thomas the faith served in faith <laughs> expressed in love we're going to bring Thomas in who who spent an entire career uh, working with faith expressed in love so give us a little background about what you did in your career Thomas and how that faith expressed in love I uh always did what I did through love and I love the Paul's love thing where he talks about the greatest of these is love so if you don't do it through love it's just kind of a waste of time that's it and so how how do you how and I I was talking so what my series is called the eighth church and so we talk about the seven churches of Revelation. And by the way, just for, for those that might have listened to the message and are also uh, listening to this podcast, I got scolded by a teacher when I got done. She said, let's have a geography lesson. Europe is a what? Yeah, so I so for those that are in Europe, including our son, Garrett, I want to apologize for saying 
Europe is a country. I mean, a country instead of a continent, but I meant to say the continent of Greece. Uh, I mean, the country of Greece. Wow, I just did it backwards again. Anyway, so, and, and I'm thinking from my standpoint that when you have a family that expresses faith through love, then there's nothing that keeps the family from coming together, nothing that keeps each other from looking at each other and saying, how can I help them? And so the eighth church that I've been talking about, you know, we have the seven churches of Revelation in the eighth church, which is um, our marriages and our families and our relationships and our community and our work environment. And, and then our, and that eighth church. So when you get outside your, so doc start first, when you start inside your family and then outside your family, how are you expressing faith through love? So, um, you know, when you bring up the eighth church, I talk to parents a lot about disciplining their children. And what is your purpose for disciplining your children? Is you're disciplining your children because you're mad at them? That's a wrong reason to discipline your child. You're disciplining your child so that your child grows up and be, becomes a man or a woman of God. And so, you know, if you're if you're faithful and you're and you're in the Word and you're praying together as a family and you have the faith going and you're disciplining your children out of love. Uh, then uh, your discipline totally changes and what becomes important changes. And so therefore your rearing of your children changes. And so when you, when I look at that, that that's one of the big things when you talk about family, uh, faith expressing itself through love, uh, uh, certainly with your children, obviously with your spouse, um, you know, showing uh, faith to your spouse. And that means you don't have some other, spouse off to the side, you know, that's not being faithful to your spouse, you know, and showing love to your spouse. And we talked, we've talked about that before, treating her like she's special, like she's China, like, like she's gold, like she's extra special. And that's showing that, that faith, expecting itself in love in your family. And then like in your workplace, um, obviously when you're, when you're, particularly as a doctor, it's easy to think that you're doing all this because of you, you know, this is me doing it. I'm a smart guy. I know this, I know that I've studied this, I've studied that. And all this stuff is because of me. And so we, we, we have, as physicians, you got to step back uh, from yourself and say, no, it's a gift, a gift of healing. It comes from God. It doesn't come from you. And the only reason why you have it is because God allowed you to have it. And that's faith. And so then you start with that faith. And then you got to love your patients. You got to love who they are. You know, you got to love their families. You got to love their, particularly as a family doc. You know, I look at all my patients. They're part of my family, you know. And when they hurt, I hurt. When somebody dies in their family, I feel like something, I've lost something right along with them. And the ones who recently lost people in their family, I think about them and pray about them all the time because I'm thinking about how hard it is to struggle in your 50s and your woman and your husband died and you're only you're only in your 50s. But, uh, so, you know, you in your 50s or in your 90s, you know, when you if, if you had somebody, we have some people in the church who have been married for 50, 60, 70 years. And that's the only person one one lady from church is the only person she knew, only person she dated. When she was 16, they got married. 
And then after, you know, 70 years, I think it was, he passed away. And she saw this guy every day for 70 years. So, and we talk about that that length and they talk about the, the uh, the when we talk about the legacy, and I'm thinking about, Thomas, you have, you have grandkids. How are you teaching your grandkids to express themselves in love? Let's see if we can get uh, Thomas Zachary back in off the mute. Well, for me, I'm going to go in reverse. I talk to our mother at 10 o'clock every day. So I call her, make sure she's made it up the stairs. And and I bring her a meal once a, once a week, and I my I know my grandchildren are watching this. So hopefully, when their parents get in their nineties, they'll say, "Oh yeah, my grandfather used to take a meal to his mother and call her up every day at ten o'clock to make sure she got." She was upstairs. Yeah, that's some good. That's some good stuff right there. To to make sure, and for those that may not know, our mother is ninety years old, still lives by herself uh, for most of the year. She comes to Arizona uh, to spend the winters, but she's she lives by herself, staying independent. But it's also important, I think, that even though people are independent, um, she that she's another one who was married for over fifty years when our father passed away and. So now she's living by herself and to know that her, the family is expressing love. And I'm going to stay on that, Thomas. Uh, so when we think about our mother and um, the time that all the time that she was married and now living by herself, but they, they set the standard for family love. And I think that as what Thomas is talking about, he wants his grandchildren to look at him, to see him and what he did for his mother but then we also look at what our father and our mother did for mom's mother. And, Doc, I'm going to let you jump in on, on that one because Thomas went in the reverse. We're going down, and Thomas went up. So, I mean, if you, go, if you look at that, uh, when, uh, and she's in a lot better health than her mom was, but when her, uh, when her mom started to fail, uh, and she lived to be 90, um, uh, they, they took her in. Uh, and that was a beautiful thing. And and um, uh, I also remember uh, dad going by and seeing his mom every Sunday. I don't know if you guys all remember that, but every Sunday he would swing by and see his mom. And even when she got ill and was ready to die, he was he was the one who picked her up and carried her into the carried her into the hospital. Uh, um, so um, I think when you see that, it kind of it kind of carries on. And and then the you see um, you see how you should you should act. As a matter of fact, um, I tell my children today. I say, you know, treat treat your mom like I treat my mom. That's all I ask you to do. And so then that's what they're going to do. Uh, and if they see that you're uh, expressing, uh, if you if you um, if you have faith expressed expressing itself through love. And that's what they see. That's what they will learn. There you go. And then, and then I'm hoping that other people also see um, that how we're treating our mother, how we're treating our children, as an example. Now, I had a I had a guy who uh, came to our house, and he uh, 
we're still struggling with him because he's he's managed to to not really have a faith in God. It, you know, different people have gone through church experiences that have gotten them to not uh, want to participate in church, or some of them even say, "I don't believe in God." And I said, "How do you feel when you come in here? Do you feel love when you come in here?" And he said, "Yes." I said, "You just felt heaven." So. Yeah, a lot of people are looking at the religious aspect of it, but it's actually if people wanted to really focus in on that. And I never, you know, all the time that I went to seminary school and all the, the over a decade of preaching, I love God's word because it pops out and different things pop out each time I read it. And that verse, it was one verse that I never really focused in on. But, it, you know, when when Paul said there's only one thing that counts, you know, and I'm thinking, uh, John three sixteen. Everybody says that's the one thing that counts. God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but ever everlasting life. Well, <laughs> you you can say that, but if you don't live Galatians five six, then I question whether you believe in John three sixteen. So now now I'm I'm going religious on it for a minute, Doc. So we're gonna let we're gonna let older brother take a stab at that one, on how you can have your faith, and how that's expressed in love, uh, going a little further than just the religious aspect of it. Well, I'm gonna tell a little story, and then as you're just gonna have to sit there and kind of grin and bear this because it's about you. The doctor refused to get his eyes checked. Refused to get his eyes checked. For some reason, he would not go get his eyes checked. So his daughter, Serena, who loves him, this is an act of love, took him to get his eyes checked. He still hasn't got the glasses they recommended. All I have to do is call her up and say he won't get the glasses, and she'll be right there to make sure he gets the glasses. And that is love. It's it's just that simple. Well, that reminds me. Taking your parents... To go to the eye doctor. That's just that. That reminded me of the person that we prayed for today, um, Carol Jordan, who her friend had uh, skin cancer, and they uh, she had a had a, a skin cancer doctor. Probably going to say it wrong. I've already said that that Europe is a country, not a continent. So, skin cancer doctor, and um, the lady said, "I got this." spot on my on my side and the who is your cancer doctor so she told her and then she saw her again and she's like did you see your did you see my doctor yet she's like no i haven't gotten around to it saw her again have you seen my doctor no i haven't gotten around to it you got to see him you got to see him you got to see him she's calling up you got to see him and then by the time she finally got to see the doctor she now has stage 4 cancer but if it wasn't for the fact that my friend was per- persistent at saying you got to go see a doctor, the lady probably would have just went on with life until life ended. But now, even though she has stage four, there's a possibility that that could turn around. And and we're praying for a miracle so that the miracle can see what happens when you express faith with love and have faith in God that he'll he'll have a miracle and if it turns out the way we're praying that's going to be a great testimony well that kind of carries a little bit further with your your message too what what uh what jesus said to the uh city of 
I, I got to pronounce it the way you pronounce it. I've been pronouncing it wrong all this time. See, I always pronounce it Thyatira. And uh, I told Becky, I got to call it Thyatira. And she goes, well, you wrong. She even told me I was wrong. And I go, I don't know about that one. All right. But anyway, Thyatira. You were probably one of the, you were probably one of the people that came to the, to the uh, Riverside to, to have church and were late. The ladies were already there too. So. That's right. That's okay. I said there's not an E there. There's an I there. And it should be Thaya Tyra, but that's okay. So anyways, uh, uh, perseverance. And that's what that person did. It's called perseverance. So, you know, you love the person, you know, and you want things to, you, 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 you have faith expressed in itself through love, but then sometimes you have to have that perseverance, you know, you got to keep going and keep going and keep going when it, and it comes to everything. Sometimes it's even your job or your workplace or just trying to get the education you're trying to get. And there are all these stumbling blocks and devils in your way. You got to stay person. You got to keep that perseverance going, that perseverance going, that perseverance going. Yeah, we and that's that Jezebel we we're talking about tolerating Jezebel. Dennis, you and I, we were talking about that yesterday. Tolerating Jezebel. That's one of the easiest things to do is allow Jezebel to to come in your life. And and we were talking, and I'm going to have Thomas jump back in because uh, we have a historic family Jezebel that has has continued to touch our family historically. And I don't know how many years, Thomas, have you uh, finally put Jezebel to sleep? How many years, do, how many years has, has the addiction gone away? Come and, come and talk to us, Thomas. Well, for me... When I hit year 17, I said, man, I got to look up in the Bible and see what that means. And it came out as victory over your enemy. And I went, well, that's appropriate. I've had victory over my enemy. But I just got to keep, I got to keep an eye on them, make sure I don't slide backwards. It's like the Israelites, they, they would persist and they'd get over it. Then they'd backslide again. And then they'd have to start all over again. And that's a, beautiful way of looking at it. And I also, when I read the Revelations chapter, I went to, uh, to the, I went back to the Beatitudes. Dennis here, it's the one where Jesus says, that if you're persecuted because of me, what's the rest of that one? Yours is the kingdom of heaven. There you go. If you're persecuted because of me, if you fight in Jezebel, and Jezebel comes after you like the, that, like the Jezebel came after, came after uh, Elijah. And we know that if you're expressing faith with love, that Jezebels are going to come out after you hard. They're going to be just fierce after you because when people express faith with love, there is nobody who can really say that that's wrong. And so you can't, you can't, contest the movement you can only attack the movers and so we ha and then what happened with the church in in Thyatira is that they um they tolerated Jezebel so they they were like the the church today we have our building everybody's doing fine but when it, what goes around our church we don't want to get involved we don't want to uh actually get the Jezebel of failure and the Jezebel of hopelessness. We don't want to attack that and bring 
that to our community when we are just doing it inside of our own church. So we're going to we're going to jump off into that talking about spreading out. We've already we talked about how we do it with our children, how we do it with our spouses, how we do it with our parents, even how we do it with our patients, how we spread faith with love. So and, and although Thomas, I really want to talk have you talk you can't talk exactly about some of the people, but I remember um some of the successes that you had. So you can kind of give us some generic successes of people, young people who were from tough environments that then went on to do great things because and came back to 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 thank you. So without getting into any names or or anything that can identify somebody, just kind of give us a couple of circumstances of how many people have graduated from from college and some of the other things. The uh my favorite story is of this one young lady who she was addicted to drugs and she was a really a wild child. And I worked with her and I worked with her and I worked with her. And now she spent four years with Doctors Without Borders. And without getting political, I asked her, could she go down to the border of Mexico and tell me what's going on? So she used her connections to go down there and take a look around. And she came back and she told me that is really horrible. I'm sad for our country. So that's a really, that's an incredible success story of her. And now she's working with Corona patients in Minnesota. I said, please be safe. There you go. And so, so I've been, I had to get isolated twice so far, but I'm going to, once I get out of isolation, I'll be right back there helping the Corona patients. And that's a really a great story. I think. There we go. So, so that should be encouragement to anyone who's listening here today that you don't know who you're going, who you could touch and what they're going to do. I always like to, I, I equate it to, uh, to Peter's brother, who comes to Peter and says, "Hey, I found the Messiah. Come and come and meet him." And then we don't hear about his brother except as a add-on to to that group. But then Peter, we hear all about what he's done, which would have never happened had his brother not introduced him to Jesus. And so we need we need to make sure that we, you know. I don't know who that person is, you know, but you don't know what they're capable of once they feel faith expressed in love. And a lot of times the person who's down the farthest, who is in the most trouble, the one that you want to really think that I should just give up on, that's the person who then gets on fire because they know where they were. They can they can relate to people who are also in trouble. So a woman who went through addiction in their, as a high school student who now is free of addiction, graduated from, from college, going on uh, helping uh, people get he- healthy themselves, who would have known, you know, decades, over a decade ago, that that girl would be where she is today? And I think that that's when Paul is, is letting us know faith expressed in love is all that matters. 
And we don't need to re- worry about what happens with that because that's God's situation. That's that's his. All our we're only supposed to have obedience. What's your thought, Doc? Uh yeah, you know, uh, how you how you how you express that. There's there's a guy down here in um Des Moines who's done a lot of great things for people. Uh, work with youth uh, a lot, and uh, one day he was kind of sad because he was he was seeing some of the children of the people that he was trying to help doing the same thing that they were doing. And he said, "He said, I don't know if all these years I've been able to do anything. I've made a difference." And I said, "Mother Teresa says that um, that God has not asked you to be successful." He only asked you to be obedient. That's it. That was the same thing that remember with what was going on in, in Minneapolis when I was looking at how I was fought for civil rights for all those those years. And then 30 years later, the same thing is still happening. And so it it it, it was bringing tears to my eyes. Like what did, one, did I work hard enough? Two, did I quit too soon? But then I thought about the people who were helped. And then the people who are helping now in the law firm down here, and really it's all about obedience. You don't know the the thousands of people I represented or doc, the thousands of people that you treated. We have no idea where some of them are. Uh, uh, Thomas, the thousands of people, kids that have you you touched. Most of them we probably don't know where they are, what they did, or how we impact them. But the one thing that we know. Or, or who- or even who they touched, right? And who the who and who they touched, who how they impacted somebody. But I think that that's why Paul said it's so important. The only thing that counts is faith expressed in love. And now I'm going to go to the piece on faith, then, because that's that's the 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 rub right there. You're in faith, and your faith responsibility is to believe that if God puts you on a plan that his plan's going to be successful. And we also have to have that faith that his success may not be defined as our success. And uh, it may be that he puts somebody who didn't learn from the lessons that were taught by, by Thomas, but that person then had a child and said, I should have listened to my teacher who told me that. And the, their child or their grandchild might might catch hold of that and say, wow, that was some good wisdom that was told in ni- 1980 by your teacher, grandma, and I'm going to take hold of it. So we just have to have faith. What is the faith of uh, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen? That's the faith that we have to have in order to be able to go forward and say, hey, I know that what God has me doing, I know I'm going to be fighting Jezebel, demons, everybody along the way, but I have to stay focused on it and stay faithful and understand that the greater good that I try to do, the more powerful the opposition is going to come against me. And I don't know, Doc, have you ever felt that? Well, I'm going to say you reminded me of a story. Uh, you, guys, you guys probably aren't aware of this. So when we were, when, when Rebecca got the call to uh, adopt, uh, she came in contact with this young boy. 
Uh, he was he was about oh a infant uh, year old, right in that age, and uh, her mother was incapable of raising her, and her grandmother did, and the baby, and his grandmother didn't want to raise her, and so uh, we were slated to adopt this kid. We got really close to him. Uh, we uh, got interacting with him. You know, Becky's heart felt for him. And we were getting ready to adopt him. And at the last minute, the last minute, one of her relatives who was married with no children decided that they wanted to adopt him. And of course, you know what happened there. The kid went with that family and absolutely tore Rebecca's heart out. She goes, I'm done. I can't do this. I don't know why God asked me to do this. On and on and on. And I said, you should be proud that God used you to make that family move to do what they should have done in the first place. There you and go. so after that, after that, shortly after that, we got Michael. There you go. And we ended up adopting Michael and there you go. So yeah. And, and how's that for a test to see whether, what, what was the, what were the four criteria? Faith, love, service. And what was the fourth one? Perseverance. Perseverance. <laughs> Perseverance and doing it in increase every day, doing it in increase every day. And um, so we've we've talked about faith. We've talked about faith expressed in love. We talked about service. So now let's talk about some perseverance, perseverance through through some difficult times. In your career, Thomas, how, how some of the, the give us an example of the time when you had to persevere. Uh, you thought that when you're ready to give up on somebody, but didn't. Well, I think that uh, that comes up all the time with your children, uh, and uh, of course, uh, we're struggling with that right now. So, I mean, I think that just kind of goes with life in general. You're always going to have something where you're going to say, God, I'm just, I'm, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Uh, I think that the biggest example for our household, though, is Becky's perseverance to stay in touch with her family after they rejected her because of the interracial marriage. And by, by her perseverance, uh, we ended up having a great relationship with her family. And still do to this day. So I think it comes up. It's all the time. I mean, it comes up when you have people tell you that you're not smart enough or you're not good enough or, you know, you know, you're only here because of your race or this or that. You know, I'm sure you went through it when you were in medical in college. I went through it in medical school that I didn't deserve to be there, all those sorts of things. But yet I was getting as good a grades as those people who said that I didn't deserve to be there. And so. I mean, that's just the way it is, you know, in life. You just got to continue with it. I think it just goes on and on and on. But sometimes that can be a roadblock and you don't want to persevere. And so you're going to miss where God wants you to go. And you're going to miss the blessings that Lydia got because yep. you didn't persevere. L Lydia persevered because you know that she had to have some troubles. Boy, the year 50 A.D., she's trying to have have uh, have a business going on. And her business was was catered to royalty. So unless she came from a major royal family, I just I even even if she came from a, a major royal family to be able to be that successful in business. And but then to have that attitude and worship to God, I just looked at him like, man, that's that's a woman that 
I want to I want to be able to follow and model what I do just like Lydia. I'm successful. I want to be able to say that I'm successful, but I'm successful because of God and I'm worshiping God. And then you are a strong believer in faith, but you you know, because you know that the missionaries, they they didn't have any place to sleep. They're sleeping outside, uh, bathing in rivers. And then to be able to come into a house where the whole household is taking care of them, that's just, that's, that was just seemed to be a great blessing. So uh, we're getting close to the, to our time, but I want to have, have uh, Thomas, are you still with us? I am. I'm here. So kind of give us the, the how you persevered when when uh, young people wanted to just give up. How how did you what did you do to keep persevering? Well, I got to tell another story about our family. Stephen, one of your sons wasn't doing very well in high school. I, I, didn't, you were I, so- I, I didn't know you were going to call my son out, but I, I, I was thinking of that same story. So let, let me give you let me give you a quick introduction on that. I have my my one son who is probably smart, at least as smart or probably smarter than anybody else. His memory is unbelievable. Anytime we want to remember something from way back and nobody can remember it, they say, well, call James. And you call James and he just rattles it off like it, it happened yesterday. But James, he wanted to be his own person and do his own thing. And so James was having some difficulty and trying to get, we're trying to get through high school and really frustrated. And so I finally went to my oldest brother, Thomas, and I said, Thomas, I need you to do me one favor in our entire life. That's the only one thing that I want to ask you to do. I said, I want you to get my son through high school. And all right, now, Thomas, pick up the story from there. So he comes into the school, he's, he's going to be James. And I said, hold up. Hold up, hold up. And I started ripping at him and ripping at him. And teachers were going, oh, you can't talk to that kid that way. And I went, wait a minute. This is my nephew. I'm getting him through this. And I know what it takes to get him through. (laughs) And I pushed him through. And we had, after he left, we had the, the James Zachary rules. And we tell students, don't do these things. If someone's going to write your paper, read it before you turn it in. <laughs> so that was another one of my favorite stories about. He turned the paper. He talked some girl into writing his paper because James is a really a charming, intelligent human being. And thank God he has a moral compass these days. And he talked this girl into writing the paper and he forgot to read it. And I said, James, did you read it before you turned it in? And he went, why should I do that? I said, okay, watch what happens to you. And the teacher brought him in to say, man, that's an excellent paper. Explain this to me. And he had no clue what the teacher was talking about. <laughs> the teacher made him write it over again. And so now, and I, and so, now so go- that became the James Zachary rule. If you're going to have someone do your paper, read it before you turn it in. There you go. <laughs> go go back on mute for a second because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the, for the, the listeners – the conclusion of that story. So the conclusion of that story is after struggling and getting out of high school, James then goes on to, because he, he didn't have the grades and test scores. So he comes to me one day and he says, I want you to fly with me to Tallahassee, Florida, because I want to look at this school. 
And I'm thinking to myself, why am I, I'm going to spend all this money to fly to Tallahassee, Florida to, uh, to go visit a school with them. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to fly to Tallahassee. If you want to go to school there, fly there yourself. That was my thought. So then I get this call from his mother. James said he wants you to, to, to fly him to Tallahassee, Florida to, to visit the college. I think you need to fly to Tallahassee with him. So I get in the plane, fly to Tallahassee, and then he goes on and, and goes to Tallahassee Community College. Then while he went to Tallahassee Community College, I went to, I moved from Minnesota to Arizona. So then his best friend in Florida, dad got transferred from, from Michigan to, to Arizona. And so the two of them said, hey, we're going we're gonna to go stay with our dads. So then James calls up and says, I want you, I want to stay with you and move in with you so that um, I can go to Arizona or go to finish at Mesa Community College and then go to Arizona State University. And so he then comes comes to uh, Arizona, finishes at Arizona State University, gets his college degree, moves back to Minnesota, joins as a private business owner, small business, Lydia, with his brother, and now he is doing insurance. His cousin, Dennis, the doctor's daughter, who is, now works in our law firm. I said something about insurance, and she's like, oh, that's right. I got to call James. So I'm like, James is now involved in doing insurance in multiple states after in basically the year 2000, 20 years ago, people were wondering whether he was even going to graduate from high school. And the perseverance of him, first of all, and the perseverance of the family that 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 shared his faith with love. We had faith, and my dad kept telling me, just remember, intelligence wins out. And I was like, intelligence wins out? He said, just watch. And sure enough, intelligence won out. And now I just look at James and say, wow, you where you could have been and where you are and what you have to look forward is remarkable, but it, it took a whole family to have faith expressed in love in order to get where we needed to get to. So for the, for the listeners, as we're running out of time, I just hope that you will remember that always, when you're wondering what you should do, just pull out Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, pull out Acts chapter 16, verses 13 to 15, the story of Lydia and the message that that Paul gave that the one thing that counts, the one thing that counts is faith expressed in love. And I hope that we as a society can move towards that. And on that note, I want to thank you guys for taking a, a little bit of time on a Sunday and just uh, deep diving into the message, the one thing that counts. Thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you later. And I'll see you later. I'm going to go uh, play with my grandchildren. 
All yeah, right. but I'll talk to you later. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on outside and, and hang out outside today. It'll be hot, but you know what hot's like, so there you go. Plus my daughter's probably showing up any minute to go in to get in your pool. <laughs> no, I, I closed it off this week. All right, we'll talk to y'all later. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary Minister Gilbert, the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook. And feel free to send me an email to the message2.us or to my private website, stephenzachary.com. Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's haribobooks.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.